Greetings, friends and lovers. Welcome to episode 104 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I am joined this week temporarily by Mr. Greg Hicks. Hello. How are you, man? I am very good, thank you. Good, good. How's your week been? Uh, yeah, standard, really. I worked most of the weekends. I nearly broke my nephew's wrist on Saturday morning. Oh. Which I didn't mean to. We were jujitsuing and he kind of fell funny and I felt myself... I, I'm going to land on him, and I need to land on his wrist. Ah. Yeah. He's all right. back uh, training now. Yeah. Um, yeah, adults and kids. It's all a bit weird. I, mean, I I haven't got time to explain the whole bubble partner system thing, but yeah, I, I can go as his, well, basically as his parent and child, so he's training with me. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's going all right. Cool. Mr. Toby Anderson. Evening. How are you? Uh, I'm fine, thank you very much. Once again, full of roast dinner. Nice. That's a good thing. Did you have stuffing? Uh, I did. The best part of always dinner. And I even had like stuffing from inside the bird, like really good stuffing. Wow, the good stuff. Yep. <laughs> Meg seems to like to do stuffing on a Sunday or a Monday night. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Can't and don't make of that what you will. Um, <laughs> I mean, she likes to make a roast dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I took from that. <laughs> Whew. Awkward. And finally, Mr. Sean Davies. Hello. <laughs> oh, that was very subdued. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> good, good. I'm, I apologise. My voice is going to be all over the show tonight. Um, I have not slept properly in a couple of days, so um, mm. I go. I, I I feel like I'm going back through puberty again, which is great. <laughs> so if I start squeaking or something, then I apologise in advance. Okay. How are you, Ross? I'm all right, man. Thank you very much. Excellent. Yeah, things are uh, things are good. Walking, that's about it, really. My life is terribly exciting right now. I'm sorry if you're listening to this and are already very bored. Well, I mean, you had a day out in Kill, which was quite nice by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I only went to a friend's house um, to, to hang out, but it was nice to get outside and see other places, you know, <laughs> just see the world a bit. It was quite nice. Mm. And uh, spend a day with some dogs and just hang out with some friends. It was really nice. All good. Right, then, let's jump into our games of the week. So... Mr. Grey Kicks, your game of the week. Uh, mine is short and sweet because the actual experience was short and sweet. Uh, I had a chance to download the Resident Evil Village or 8 uh, demo. And I've got mixed feelings on it. It looks amazing. And obviously I'm playing on a PS5 and it looks flipping incredible. But as I wasn't very overwhelmed with, I was going to say Final Fantasy 7 and Resident Evil 7, um, I kind of went into this one with a bit of trepidation and a bit of meh and yeah, I wasn't really let down. It looks, it looks pretty, but like it's still got really naff gunplay. And in the half an hour, you get, you get half an hour total, not half an hour each time you get half an hour total. And it was only available from like 7 PM Sunday till 3 AM Monday, which is just dumb. But yeah, you get to explore a little bit of the village or a village at the start of the whole grand scheme of things and shoot a couple of werewolves and do a little climbing puzzle thing. And I'm not sold. I, I I wanted to be because I've been a lifelong Resident Evil fan, but yeah. Um, if this if if you'd have called this a tech demo, then I would have been all over it because that would be a slice of something different, like the first one was in the mansion. But if this is going to be what the game is, then I'm not very happy. Like Ethan Winters is just whiny. He's been through all that shit from Resident Evil Seven, and he's still surprised when things transform in front of him. Um, but yeah, it. I'm not getting it full price, but um, mm. it looks nice. 
yeah, I watched the stream of it yesterday, and it does look does certainly does look lovely. But yeah, it's the opening doesn't feel resy, you know. No, no, it really doesn't. And I know this is sounds well. This is what Resident Evil do when they copy paste their formula, but it just feels like Seven with a new dressing. And I just mm. went, eh. Hmm. So yeah. Is there? A, there's another demo, isn't there, coming up? In a yeah, twenty fifth next Sunday. Yeah, that's. I focused. probably will play it, but yeah. It's yeah. Like, unless it's going to revolutionise, you know, the whole feeling. I'm still not overly keen on it when it comes out. Mm, fair enough. I don't like the first person switch. Right. There, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> that came in with seven, didn't it? Yeah. 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 Seven and eight are a very different beast compared to what's come yeah. before. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a shame, but you never know. It might work out for the better in the end. It might just be that particular area. Possible. We'll see. Who knows? Cool. Interesting. Uh, Mr. Toby Anderson, game of the week. I was going to say, even a slight letdown from seven to eight is better than. It can't be as bad as the letdown from like four to five and then five to six. <laughs> but the uh, the uptick from six to seven is quite oh, massive because no. six is just so terrible. Um, but my game of the week is not the Resident Evil. I didn't get a chance to play that. Um, mine is still Oddworld Soulstorm. Um, but I'm going to say I've unfairly put people off possibly last week. I was listening back to my... Um, you unfairly my... put people off. You absolutely kinged it. <laughs> what I did was I came two or three elements of it, right? That's not the whole game. It's just no. a few little bits. <laughs> no. I'm not playing this game anymore. <laughs> putting, so, putting some people off is a bit of an under-exaggeration. Well, maybe I should clarify some of those positions. So okay. the, um, just very quickly, the, the autosave function bit is the bit I still don't like. I think there are pro- points in the game where it's not been very well designed and you should be able to go back more than one autosave, right? That bit still stands. But as I got through the levels and as I got further into it, the cutscenes got better. They weren't as sort of childlike and sort of treating you like a child the entire time. The levels got better. There was some really, really fun levels later on when it got into the proper Abe's Exodus, like remade levels, things like Necra Mines and the Fico Depot and the brewery itself, where they're actually making the Soulstorm brew. That kind of stuff was just so much better than the beginning. Um, and there were like there's like a series of about six or seven levels in a row which were just fantastic all the way through. Then you also get this bit where if you save 80% of the Meduckins, you get two more secret levels at the end. And those levels were even better. They were like everything that the whole game should have been. They were fantastic. Um, so much fun. You could just go through saving all these Meduckins and you know, there was never a dull moment in those whole levels. Um, but I did notice one thing which was strange. So I was expecting at the end of Abe's Exodus that you would get to control um, one of the Gluckins because there was a a section at the end of that game where you controlled a glucken and you could get you could order slugs around and stuff like that but all of that is gone there is none of that stuff um so it's a, it's been remade but it's lost some of the um some of the interesting elements that were actually in the original game um so yeah the, this is a sort of mixed feeling I, I i had this real bad start with it and then it got it got really good necrom mines was fantastic the brewery was fantastic so yeah Give it a go if you like Abe, but hmm. if you don't, it's not a great start to your liking of Abe. How many hours were you into it before you went, oh, this is actually quite good? Um, most levels take upwards of an hour, so it must have been a good seven or eight hours before I was going, ah, no. And then the Jesus. next the next 12 to 15 hours were really great. Wow, that's too long though, isn't it? So the whole thing, the whole thing's about 25 hours if you're doing really badly like I was. Blimey, that's a... 
it's a rough amount of time to begin the game. It is. Yeah. I just think those first levels are just they just don't give you an idea of what it what it can do when it gets going. It's mm. just sort of it takes far too long over tutorials and things like that. It was it was still teaching me how to throw rocks and things like ten levels in. I was like, who designed this tutorial? <laughs> but it's so it's a bit it's a bit um what's the word like rough. I think they needed a uh, six months to finish it off, but it's still good. Cool. And it's finished, and I'm done, and I well saved done. more than eighty percent of the Mudokans. Did you get the plat? No, I'm not going to get that platinum. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you said yeah. I remember. Uh, there's, I think you've got to save every single one, and you've got to do every single level without dying, and you've got to earn all these badges. I managed to earn a quarter of the badges in 25 hours. So, nah. Okay. Fair enough. Mr. John Davies, you're game of the week. And are you going to jump into Soulstorm to get that platinum and rub it in Toby's face? Um, I'm probably just going to do um, Sekiro first and then Bloodborne. Okay. You know, yeah. Just a couple of days, you know, just to warm myself up for a fair world. <laughs> sure. <laughs> my, my game of the week this week is called uh, Silicon Dreams. It's a PC game that comes out today. If you're listening to this, the day the podcast goes up. It's a narrative game that's very much steeped in like Blade Runner. Uh, so you play as an interrogation droid and you have to interrogate other droids to figure out their malfunctions through something that looks almost exactly the same as the uh, camp test um, with the eye and the, the, you know, the monitoring of stuff. Basically, you have to question these droids and you have questions to ask for each case such as like, can this, can this droid feel joy and sadness at the same time? Um, how does it feel about its owner? And basically you are, if you pay, if you played paper, papers, please, it's kind of like that. Um, but it's less, um, less trying to find minutiae on paperwork and more kind of digging into a narrative about each person that comes into your interrogation chair. And it, it raises some really great questions about, you know, the, humanity and what it's what it feels like to be a, a android which is condemning other androids for having uh like malfunctions defects and deviancies so um it, it's and it's not the most interactive game you basically click on questions and and wait to see what the results are see what these androids are feeling and there's there's some replayability there because you can you know you can be a a high rising uh, interrogator droid who does everything by the book or you can be a kind of a person that's trying to save deviant droids you know with these 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 droids that are maybe being mistreated and maybe deserve a second chance and they've, de- they've developed these deviancies because of the way that they've been treated maybe maybe you want to set them free and just convince the company that you know these aren't these aren't malfunctioning it's it's an interesting game, and um, I'm very glad I've played it. And I might have a review up tomorrow. Um, depends on how I, how I'm feeling a bit later, uh, because I'm feeling a bit rough. Um, but um, yeah, it's coming out tomorrow. So look at dreams. Go and have a look. Um, it's by somebody. I think it's called Clockwork Clockwork Bird. The developers. Um, it's kind of coming out of nowhere, but it's definitely worth your time. So go and have a look. It sounds interesting. Yeah, it's different. Mm. I, I also got to play the demo for Resident Evil, and oh, yeah. I much preferred the I much preferred the first demo. Um, so I I feel certainly looked nicer, didn't it? I, I wasn't sold on this demo to be honest. I was much much more like the the 
the house gameplay was much. That's what I mean. The house looked a lot nicer, didn't it, than the yeah demo they offered. Yeah, the first demo, um, I was all on board with, and because it had such great um, audio work, this this time this demo wasn't wasn't really as um, convincing. But uh, yeah, and I'm I'm still looking forward to it. I haven't played seven, so I don't really understand this Ethan Walters thing. I don't really get. You know, I don't don't feel the same kind of um, downtroddenness as Greg feels about the character. So, how about you, Ross? What's your game of the week? Um, well, um, I've been sitting obviously at home, not doing an awful lot. So, I about five weeks ago, I cancelled my Game Pass subscription because I wasn't at home. I wasn't using my Xbox, um, and then it was announced that Banjo Kazooie was going to be able to be played on a mobile with touchscreens. So I thought. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll jump back in, and that's what I've been doing most of the week. I've been playing Banjo Kazooie on my phone, and it's just a really nice throwback to when Rare kind of cared about creativity and interesting, you know, gameplay mechanics and things. It feels like that they went a little bit off the rails once they joined Microsoft. We've probably talked about it before, but it's not a not a surprise to anyone. But it was it was really nice to jump back in, and stuff like Banjo Tooie is on there now as well. And I played Celeste. Yeah, I played Celeste on my touchscreen, which should not be played on a touchscreen because it's just the reaction times is not quick. I'm just not quick enough um, to get through those levels on a phone. But yeah, mostly playing Xbox Live on um, cloud streaming, which if you have an Apple device, um, is coming tomorrow. So uh, the day this goes up on a Monday, Tuesday, sorry. Um, yeah, go uh, go check it out. You might get an email from Microsoft saying, hey, you can come and check it out if you want. So that's the thing that's happening, uh, which is pretty cool. And it kind of, yeah, it sort of inspired me to go back and, uh, and check it out. And that's what I've been doing mostly this week is uh, checking out Game Pass on Android. And uh, it's great. It's fun to play stuff like Morrowind. <laughs> Morrowind on your phone. Yeah, I've never played it before. So um, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole at the moment. And thankfully, I can carry on my progress once I get home and get back to my Xbox. But uh, so far, so good. So yeah, mostly just exploring Game Pass for all the things that it's been adding since uh, uh, since I've been home. So that's about it, really. Obviously, I've been a bit of Fortnite, a bit of Fall Guys. Had a fun session of Fall Guys the other night with some friends. Uh, we managed to get a couple of crowns, which was cool. The new levels are awesome. So it's uh, it's good good times, good times. It's great when you get Game Pass after you've not had it for a little while and you get to explore what new new stuff's on there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like GTA 5's on there. And I was like, what? I can play GTA 5 on my phone? <laughs> it's wild. So that's, um, you know, all, all of my save progress is obviously on PlayStation, so I didn't jump into it because I can't be bothered to start that game again. But it's, um, yeah, obviously Game Pass is amazing, and it's, uh, it's well worth checking out on your phone if you haven't done so already. Uh, right then. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to stall until I have to go and do a quiz without me? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's 20 Might questions. Be in our best and, interest. Uh, Okay then, let's do a quiz at rapid fire speed. Yes, this is going to be a rapid fire quiz. Do you have your buzzers ready? Yes. Yes. Right, let's try them out. Toby? Thank you. I hate it. Ross? Yay. Tails? Sticking with last week's. Okay, thank you. Um, Greg? Nice. Okay. Thank you for all picking things that I can relate to you. I won't pick the wrong name this week. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> Let's do this. Okay, are you guys ready? Yeah. Ah. Yep. Okay, 
Question one. Hang on, hang on. I've got a new no, phone no, just turned no. off. Sorry. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> That's why I put my my display time out for like five minutes because it's not gonna be five minutes in between buzzes. Okay. <laughs> Question one. In the 1999 classic Choo Choo Rocket, what animal did the player have to guide to a rocket? Greg. Mice. Mice is correct. Well done. Oh god, Greg's back. <laughs> Question two. In which game can you hear these lyrics? The things I'll teach you is sure to beat you. Nevertheless, you'll get a lesson from teacher now. Greg. Is it Parappa the Rapper? It is. God damn it. Mr. Onion. It's the line, yes, it's the line after Punch Kick, it's all in the mind. <laughs> I don't want to give you the easy one. Um, okay, question three. Miramar, Sanhok, and Vikendi are all maps for which popular Heels. Battle Royale game? Uh, Ross? That'll be player on those battlegrounds. That is correct. Well done. Right. Uh, he was stalling then. He could have just said PUBG. <laughs> <laughs> now you're stalling. Oh, um, yeah. Question four. The Order 1886 was developed by which studio? Adorkin! Greg? Ready at dawn? Correct. Question five. Fallout 4 is set in and around the post-apocalyptic version of which US city? Toby, I think. I think that was Toby. I'm going to go for Detroit. It's not Detroit. Uh, and I think I'm going to go with Greg next. Uh, no, I want to say Washington, but that's four, that's three. Okay, Ross? Uh, Chicago? It's not. It's Boston. Ah. Uh. Okay, question six. The following is a quote from which game? Dreams have a nasty habit of going bad for, on you when you're not looking. Sorry, I was mashing the button. <laughs> Toby? <laughs> Little Nightmares. No. Uh, Greg? Psychonauts? No. Tails? Um, <laughs> Ross? Um, uh, puppeteer? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it's Max Payne. Uh, um, okay, question seven. The Pokemon Abra evolves into which other Pokemon? Oh, uh, I'm thinking that was Toby. Was Kadabra. Kadabra, that's correct. Um, I heard you both come through at the exact I think it was time. instantaneous, yeah, absolutely. Same. I love uh, it though. Question eight. Uh, which video game series is set in and around the fictional city of Dunwall? Uh, that was Ross. Dishonored. Correct. Uh, question nine. Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, Terrafin, and Trigger Happy can all be found in which game series? Tails? Ross? Skylanders. Correct. Question ten. Grubs, Scrabs, and Paramites are all species of bees. Pika, go on then, Tobes. Correct. Pika Dukan. Yeah, it's all good. There's a crossover. Question 11. In 1999, Regina, Gail, Rick, and Cooper descended from Secret. Greg? Crisis. Correct. Well done. Question 12. Andrew Ryan is killed with what in the original Bioshock? Greg? Golf Club. Correct. 
Uh, question 13. Which character stars on the front box art of Mortal Kombat 11? Hadouken! Greg. Scorpion. <laughs> Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hearthstone, the free-to-play digital card game, is built upon the existing law of which game? Greg. Warcraft. Correct. <laughs> Try not to sound too resigned, because I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. It's like a university challenge. It's like the fucking nerd over there pressing the button all the time. Anyway, question 15. Hips, Carbon Stilton. high stakes... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Question 15. Carbon, High Stakes, and Payback are all subtitles for entries into which game Tails? series? Ross? Oh, I was going to say Payday, but it's not, is it? That, no. Payday, no. Payback, Payback. Yeah, payday. I know. It sounds stupid now. Sounds like a terrible moneylender. <laughs> uh, I've not heard anyone else buzz in. Oh, it's, oh it's, it's bloody... Yeah, I know what it is now. Okay. It's Need for Speed. Yeah, it is. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> oh, uh, Carbon was the first one you said, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, sorry. Carbon I, I didn't hear the Carbon bit. Yeah. Uh, question 16. In the Assassin's Creed m- movie, which actor plays modern-day character Callum Lynch? And then, uh, Greg? Michael Fassbender? Correct. I can hear uh, something in the background. Yeah, sorry. My wife just turned on a tap upstairs. Oh, okay. It sounded like a game starting. There's also a motorbike outside my window right now. Uh, oh, okay. There we go. It's like road rush up in here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Question 17. What does the P stand for in Peggy? Adorkin! Greg? Parental? No. Oh. Oh, Ross? Product? No. Toby, have you got a guess? No. Provisional, maybe. No. Peggy stands for Pan-European Game Information. Oh, of course it does. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was... Uh, yeah, I thought it was... I thought Greg was right. Question 18. What country is Resident Evil 4 set in? Correct. Spain. Correct. Question 19. Who played Guile in the 1994 Street Fighter film? Adorkin! Ross? Jean-Claude Van Damme. Correct. I heard you both, but I heard Ross quicker. Um, Literally got the thematic buzzer for it. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't call up for you to answer it. (laughs) Uh, Which game in the Final Fantasy franchise was the first to spawn a direct sequel? Toby. Ten. Ten is correct. Well done. Okay. Let's count these up. So... Greg got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. Ooh, that's almost half. Okay. Ross got one, two, three, <laughs> four, three. Four. <laughs> and Toby got one, two, three. Well, well done, chaps. <laughs> well done, Greg. Very nice. But you're off to go and stream now. Though, I'm you? off to go and stream, which, as this is going to be the day after, um, thanks everyone for watching. And if you didn't, then why not? Because <laughs> I was doing a podcast. So you're saying you're too busy doing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what are you streaming? Or, or right. what, what did you stream last night? I did, I did stream last night, Dark Souls 3. And on Wednesday, it is Portal 2 because it's its uh, 10th anniversary. 
Oh, cool. Nine o'clock. Where are you at in Dark Souls 3? Uh, yes. I'm not Where? saying it's spoil it. It'll spoil it. Oh, I can see it. Oh, I'm in Anor Londo still. I've got to take out Aldrich, which is the one I died on last time. Okay. So, yeah. Right. Enjoy the rest of your cast. I'm sure it'll be hot and topical. Cool. Thanks for coming on, just winning a quiz and then leaving. That's great. That's, <laughs> I love that. That's just why I came in. Drop in the mic and leave. Well, I, I got most of last week's one as well, but I was busy. So, yeah. Anyway, peace out. Bye, See you, dude. Right. Now, can we do the actual quiz? Yeah, let's cut him out. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can do some editing magic. Can we not do the. Uh, just a... We just did the, like, let's keep Greg happy quiz. And now let's just do the, uh, <laughs> the proper one. Full of Greg bias. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is Metal Gear Solid quiz. <laughs> <laughs> let's get on with some news. And we're going to start with some breaking news, um, which uh, completely shits on basically everything we talked about either last week or the week before. I can't remember. But PlayStation have dramatically U-turned on its decision to shut down the PS3 and Vita digital stores. In a statement this evening, Jim Ryan, the PlayStation boss, said it's clear that we made the wrong decision here. And he actually said that out loud. It's like, well, what about the others, Jim? But I won't get into that right now. Um, the full statement is up on the PlayStation blog, if you do want to check it out. But uh, before we get into the rest of the week's news, uh, very quickly, what is the reaction to this? Uh, Mr. Toby Anderson. I think I said like two weeks ago when this was news, um, I bet they bring it back in some other form. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what they've done I, is bring it back I in the exact same form. I swear I said that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm quite glad that that's a, you know, that's a good U-turn. Thank you very much, Jim Ryan. Um, almost an apology, not quite. And uh, yeah, why? Just a, such a non-story now. Why did we bother? That's my thoughts. Indeed, very much. <laughs> Very much uh, stealing all the headlines from the European Super League, which I'd love to get into, but this is not a football podcast, unfortunately. I'd have to leave. <laughs> uh, Mr. Sean Davies, um, what do you think of PlayStation uh, U-turning on this? And why do you think they did it, apart from people moaning on Twitter? Oh, it, it's been nothing, but there, there's like a, a huge perception around Sony for this last month or so that they are... They are turning into a company that doesn't listen to people, that isn't for people, that isn't for gamers. You know, it's it's, and and every day there's been a new hit piece from a lot of uh, the games press. So I read one today saying how the Xbox One, the, the Xbox Series X, is a much more valuable uh, proposition to the PS5 at the moment, despite the fact that you know the Xbox One has X has no exclusive games. Um, it's it's a constant like merry-go-round of people taking pot shots at Sony unnecessarily in in some instances, but on this instance, on on this subject, deservedly so. And Sony have, have done well just to get out of in front of it now. I mean, it's way too late at this point, but because um, a lot of the damage is done, but they've, they've come out and reversed it, rightfully so. You know, it was it was a bad decision in the first place, and um, Jim Ryan's done the right thing. I absolutely don't believe that he wanted to do this, <laughs> but I think he saw enough negative press to think, "Huh, okay, yeah, let's 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 go back on this." And that it's interesting that there's a few things that have come out since this announcement. So, uh, PlayStation Vita cartridges will no longer be produced; it will only be through the digital store, um, which is a bit of a bummer for the uh, the, the the physical only guys like uh, Limited Run and special edition and signature edition and stuff like that. 
So there won't be any more of those for Vita. And uh, there are there are still going to be uh, 35 PSP games that disappear entirely. Uh, despite the fact, I mean, some of them aren't really games. Some of them are like parts of games that now exist. So there's there's like a Hot Shots part, like a, a series of games, which all form actually the Vita one. So it's it's not that much of a loss, but there are only 35 games that are going to disappear from existence when the PSP service dies in July, I think it is. So it's it's much better news. Good, good. There we go. Everything's fine and Sony are brilliant again. Right? 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 Uh, Surely. Who, who's still <laughs> using their PSP? Oh, everyone on Twitter, apparently. Yeah. It's interesting. That suddenly, I reckon now that this has happened, no one will buy anything on the store for like months. There'll be no purchases. Of any kind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody will buy anything and Jim Ryan will just be sitting there crying his eyes out. But there are a lot of devs on Twitter that had to cancel their games like two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, that sucks. Or were planning to. And now and now they can sell them. So hopefully they can they can just jump uh, straight back in. But we shall see. We shall see on that one. Hopefully that is the case. Right. Uh, let's jump into uh, some Square Enix stuff because this week... There was a lot of talk earlier on in the week about Square Enix being bought out by someone. Now, Square Enix have denied it, um, saying that wasn't the case at all when they're in, they don't want to sell to anyone. But people are still like, hmm, maybe it is going to happen. In particular, Mr. Sean Davies, because he was very skeptical about Square Enix's reaction. So I'm going to throw this over to Mr. Davies to explain himself. And what you think is going on at Square Enix? Okay, I'm, I'm, I I have made a bold claim. <laughs> this this might this might completely like you know come back to bite me on the arse in six months' time. But I I I do believe that there are people to pick looking to pick up Square Enix in its entirety. I believe that um, there are a few parties interested. Um, one one of them is a console manufacturer. Manufacturer, um, and the others are some of the big companies that you might have heard of that just keep picking people up. <laughs> um, and I get the feeling that this uh, came out. I mean, this this was this was rumored about six months ago, and nothing was said then because it didn't affect the stock market. No one came out to deny the the existence of these rumors. No one came out to say anything at all. But this time, uh, because the rumor got out and it was coming from Bloomberg and it was coming from Forbes and it was coming from a lot of the people who buy stocks and trade uh, might be able to see it, it affected the stock market. And they um, instantly jumped on it and put a, a, you know, a, a kibosh on the whole thing saying they aren't looking to sell and they haven't received any offers. Now, that doesn't mean um, people aren't looking to buy it, which was what the rumor was that people are looking to acquire Square Enix. What they basically said is exactly what they should say. You know, at this point in time, we aren't looking to sell and we haven't had any offers. And the idea of this is to basically keep the stock market under control, keep the stock low, because if somebody was going to come and acquire the company, you don't want the stock to be any higher than it is when these things start to happen. You know, you don't want suddenly uh, for the stock to jump so that whoever's going to acquire it has to pay any more than they already have to. I think Sony are 
looking to acquire uh, Square Enix. And I, I think they are looking to do this because their, their relationship already is very close. And I think if they see it as it's costing us quite a bit of money to keep uh, Final Fantasy from going multi-platform, from keeping Pragmata, from keeping uh, Forspoken, or is that, is that what it's called, Forspoken? I keep getting this wrong. wrong. No, that's correct. Forspoken, yeah. Forspoken, yeah. Um, I think it, I think they are there. It is costing them quite a lot of money to keep these things exclusive, and I, I think they see it as a it would be a long term cost saving exercise to buy Square Enix in its entirety, because you think about the the IPs that would come with that. Some of them are synonymous with Sony. You know, you look at the legacy of game games that have been sat on their ass doing nothing. You look at Tomb Raider. Um, they they could they could make a lot of money out of these games, um, given given the right studio, given the right budget, um, and as, as, as console sellers, because um, one of the things that's been issue with a lot of Square Enix games in, in that are outside of like Final Fantasy is that there is DLC, there's you know, microtransactions and things, and it, it doesn't do, it, it doesn't suit the genre as well. You know, you look at uh, Avengers, for example, um, that that's has not gone down well. I just think Sony would be would, would be in, in a better place to use these games as a system seller rather than as a money generating thing for um, individual games. And I, I think that it will happen in the next twelve months. And that's my bold claim. I think Sony are looking to pick up Square. And I think this this whole rumor kibosh thing was to keep the stock under control. And that was my reasoning. And I am willing to say I, I am I'm wrong in 12 months' time if they haven't, but I just think it makes sense. Yeah, you make some interesting points. I mean, an acquisition by Sony for Square Enix would be as big as Bethesda, do you think? As a reaction um, to Xbox throwing their money around? Yeah, I, th- I think it would be... I mean, I think it would mean... The, the thing with Bethesda is Bethesda of they they've never really been not none of their games are really synonymous with a particular platform mm. um, and that's why for PlayStation players they've always been accustomed to be able to play Bethesda's games be able be able to play Zenimax's games um, whereas the the acquisition there would be that there are going to be some exclusive games to Microsoft in a in a Square situation. You know, Square have a very long and storied history with Sony. I've had the exclusives with them for a long time. It probably wouldn't, uh, you know, upset as many Xbox fans as the Bethesda thing did with Sony fans because um, there are less people likely to buy an Xbox who are looking to play Final Fantasy and looking to play, um, you know, JRPGs that Square put out. So I, I think it would be... Um, it would be less of an impact. It would be less upsetting to the general um, gaming landscape. But I do think it would be a massive acquisition, and I think it would make the PlayStation Five and, you know, moving forward other consoles uh, a strong, uh, a strong proposition. Yeah. You think Herman Holst will finance a Sleeping Dog sequel if this is the case? Oh man, can you imagine? Oh, exclusive to PS Five. Give it to give it to. Um, uh, what are they called? Uh, the guys who did Infamous and... Sucker Punch. That's the one, thank you. 
See, yeah, I can do it yeah. when I'm not in the quiz. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> just, if, you, if you say Pikachu before each, each thing, you're okay. you correct. Can I get some extra points just over, points. Over, the, yeah. Yeah, over the course of the podcast? Awesome. Pika beep. It's fine. Sucker punch. Yeah, cool. Pika beep. Toby. Pikachu. Do you have something to say? So, Tobes, what do you think? Do you think Sean's on the money? Um, I'm just going. Go, I'm going to disagree, actually, on that. <laughs> you knew what I was going to do. <laughs> yeah. um, I think for 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 the fun of fun of the podcast, I'm going to play devil's advocate and disagree. Um, not that I necessarily support this, this this position, but so say you've got multiple potential buyers, right, who are interested in buying. That that that, that bit is kind of established. We think that's probably true. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean that any of them have approached Square Enix. There's any offers made, etc. Which is what Sean said, right? Square have denied any offer, and that they weren't for sale. As a consequence, because this is following that, their share price has then gone up. I think it's gone up by thirteen point eight percent or something, um, or thirteen point eight. What do you call it? points you know on the, on the stock market um i don't know if that equates to percentage necessarily so the cynic in me thinks it was somewhat deliberate right you announce this thing yourself right and then you attract interest and you sort of game your own share price and i think the reason they do it or the reason they might have done it is um avengers right avengers did really badly they made nowhere near what they intended to make on that they need to look strong right it's a very japanese thing to want to look quite strong um, to crush your enemies, etc. You look strong if there are offers, right, for your business. But if you then crush those offers and say, "Oh, you know, we're not selling," etc., you end up looking strong because you're saying, "Well, we don't need to sell. We're we're in a great place." Yeah, they want to make offers. All all of that just makes you look like the strong company, too strong to consider selling at this point in time, right? Um, so I I just wonder if it's, you know, the cynic in me thinks it's a it's a play um, to to increase the stock market, and I pre appreciate um all the reasons sean gave but that's just you know you could flip it if it was something that they did somewhat cynically deliberately then everything the 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 causality of events still still works um other thoughts on it how much was the um acquisition of um the other one we were talking about bethesda bethesda that's it uh, how many billions because like 7.8 billion or something okay so square Enix would be really close because i found a thing on here that said um, the market cap for them was $6.8 billion. So it would be really close um, to what you were just saying if they were they're comparably uh, similar companies. Mm. Um, and yeah, there was also the last thing I'd add is that there was some talk of it being other companies apart from Sony. So um, there's a potential that it was Microsoft. Um, so looking to extend their Xbox reach into Japan, you buy Square Enix, you know, that what better way to corner of the market in Japan when they where they don't you know historically haven't done all that well and Xbox isn't all that interesting over there um but they're not you know it goes a little bit counter to their business model of not really worrying about selling consoles anymore and just wanting to sell games but if you've got Square Enix under your you know under your banner then that sells your game pass as well doesn't it that sells game pass in in Asia and in in Japan so I wonder if there's um there's some strength to that idea as well um, but yeah, Sony was the one that was most people were thinking of, and for the reasons that Sean said, so I won't go over those again. But yeah, that's my thinking. Hmm, interesting. This is, uh, yeah, if, I mean, if it does happen, it won't happen for a while, I don't think. I think Unless if, it was happening six months ago, and this is like just a little bit of a slip-up, someone said too much. Sure, sure. It could I mean, be right is, around the corner. 
if it is Xbox, I mean, that's just batshit crazy to me because they're just throwing billions at these companies. And of course, we got to take into consideration the Final Fantasy exclusivity with the PS5. Um, I think it's for a year once it comes out. Do you mean Final Fantasy 16? Yes, that's the one. I, I couldn't remember was, which number it was. I think it's two years, actually. Um, yeah, I think there was a thing on the, at the bottom of the trailer that said it was like two years exclusivity, yeah. That's wild. So, yeah, I mean, they could, off, off the back of the sales of that, they could go, you know what, it's probably worth doing the same way they did with um, Insomniac after the, the Spider-Man sales. So, I mean, we'll just have to see. There's a long way off, I think, on this one, but... It's interesting to discuss where about how much Sony could be doing. Oh, sorry. Think about how much um, money there is in just the Final Fantasy VII remake going forward. You know, they've got yeah. at least two more parts to that, maybe three, and all of the potential, you know, second versions, Game of the Year versions, you know, an extra DLC, you know, that they're doing on this one and just do it on the other three. That's like six games, <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Just that are all going to be guaranteed hits. Yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy VII Remake ex- exclusivity finished this week, didn't it, or the week before? Yeah, and really recent. We've heard nothing about a a, a move to other consoles yet. Um, nothing at all. So, I mean, who knows? Normally, when exclusivity's up, you see the announcement, hey, it's coming to Xbox, hooray! Um, but, yeah, haven't heard anything about it yet. So that is uh, interesting stuff for Square Enix. You just see what happens. But... We do have some exciting news from those lovely folks, kind of, over at Ubisoft. And they have announced Ubisoft Forward for June 12th, bang in the middle of E3 time, and a big old digital event that we'll be able to watch at home, explaining everything they're doing next and what is to look forward to, all these big you know, Ubisoft uh, video game presentations. And there's more of them coming, which is going to be fantastic. So I thought I'd uh, put it to the gents. What do you want to see from Ubisoft this year? And uh, what do you think will be at the show? I'll start with Tobes. Uh, so I've got mixed feelings on this one because in a way... You? No! <laughs> I'm becoming too... Um, predictable? Predictable, that's the word. <laughs> you predicted what I was going to say. Um, that's good pause. So the, what I'm thinking on this is that um, it's a little disappointing in a way um, because what we saw in September, and I think that was the last UB forward, was, uh, you know... They, they told us that it was going to release um, Riders of Republic, Far Cry 6, Prince of Persia, you know, all of these games that had then have been delayed um, over, this, over the uh, first quarter of this year. I reckon what we're going to see in June is the same as what we saw in September. Yeah? So it'll just be Riders Republic <laughs> um, is coming out next month, like we thought it was before. Um, and Prince of Persia is now ready, uh, even though we said it was going to be a year. It's ready now. And then, well, maybe. Okay. But I'm not, I don't know whether to believe you now. You cried wolf. Um, and Far Cry 6, you know, we, we started releasing the stuff and we weren't ready. But we'll do it again now. And we're going to tell you it's really ready this time. Really, really ready. So th- that kind of thing is like, you know, tempering my <laughs> my sort of appreciation of this particular version uh, you know um ub forward and usually like them they are they are fun and they do some great games um but yeah they i mean if those games do come out i'm totally for it i want far cry 6 you know straight away day one i'd be all over that um probably prince of Persia as well riders republic's not my thing but even so i just remembered it was one of the ones that had the same thing happen to it i hope they 
realize this that you know if they just go in and, and say prince of persia is ready and far cry 6 is ready then everyone's gonna be a bit Meh. well we already heard about all those games where's the new announcements so they're gonna need something that's new right um so there will be probably a new announcement of some kind or at least something big that they haven't previously given us much information about so i've got two wishes um one is technically we're still within the 25th anniversary year of rayman it was September last year and they didn't have a Rayman thing then but maybe they have an anniversary Rayman collection a new title another one of the origins and legends series that was mm. so incredibly incredibly good and I want another one That'd be awesome. um so that one would be great that's my top pick um and my second pick is a complete outsider there's probably no way this will ever get any more, any more information ever but last year they said Beyond Good and Evil 2 was progressing well. Those words, progressing well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is like, what, six years after it has been announced or probably, or even more? Um, yeah, well, probably way more, actually. Um, but there was that amazing trailer with all of, you know, with the space monkey and all of the other creatures in the spaceship. And they started telling us that you could have an entire universe in there. And every, everything's an anthropomorphic creature person. And it looks great. But I just want that to be... Yeah, that's coming out 2022. We're ready. Here's some. Here's a new trailer with like proper gameplay in it, um, because we've only really seen a cinematic trailer, which was very cool, but it was only cinematic. And we've seen a few sort of dev report things where it showed like you know here's here's someone standing on top of a you know um, spacecraft, and this is how big the spacecraft is based to your based on based to your character's avatar, and um, those kind of videos are interesting, but they don't really tell you how you, how the game's going to play. So yeah, those are my two exp uh, those are my two thoughts um, on absolute. If Ubisoft could give me what I want in June, it would be those. Twenty seventeen, that Beyond Good and Evil two trailer was. Yeah, but it was announced way before that. But yeah, okay, that's the yeah. trailer. So it's trailers, um, four years. Four years. That's sad, man. That makes me yeah. sad. We should have beaten it by now. My life is ebbing away, not being able to play this game. <laughs> Oh man, I found out this week that David Tennant is 50 years old. And that just hurts my soul. My God. Anyway, unrelated. Uh, Sean, do you have a wish list for Ubisoft Forward? Yes. Um, I expect a 10 minute dance routine featuring the panda. For oh, hell dance. yeah. Hell it, yeah. It's, I cannot have an E3 without a Just Dance dance routine. It doesn't <laughs> feel right. Um, so that that has to happen. I also look forward to whatever game they're going to put um, uh, the the Splinter Cell um, character into this this time round, whether it be mobile <laughs> game or whatever. Yeah, um, where's Sam Fisher in this one? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm looking forward to Sam Fisher. He's he's going to be a crossover character in the next Assassin's Creed or something. You never know. Um, <laughs> I didn't even bother <laughs> mentioning Splinter Cell because I was just like, nah, fuck it this time. <laughs> I, I want Splinter Cell to be there so much, but I just know it's not going to... I think this is Ubisoft's ploy, that they're going to keep hyping us up and, oh, yeah, you know, maybe Sam Fish is this one, and they'll show the headset two weeks before, and we'll all get excited, and then it won't be there. And then we'll all get so done with it that when they do show it, we'll be like, oh, yeah, remember that? Remember, remember Splinter Cell? That was, that was cool. Um, I want Skull and Bones... I want, I want oh my god! <laughs> what has happened to that damn thing? They've, they've got to stop announcing things that are so far ahead of actually coming out. Well, isn't that? Isn't it? Didn't Skull and Bones completely restart development? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened was that they they developed um, the game based on the Assassin's Creed uh, ship combat. And From Black then, Flag. That's like ages ago, isn't it? Yes. And and then they had this whole new. You know, they they basically developed new ship combat for Assassin's Creed, and were like, huh, this is better. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's completely completely been revamped. Um, I, I want them to announce the next Assassin's Creed um, because there, there is a rumour going around that the next one is a spin-off. And I don't know if you remember mm. um, like um, Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation or Freedom Cry or yep. those other... So it's, it, it appears that um, Ubisoft Sophia have been handed the franchise to do some kind of spin-off. That's the latest rumour. Mm. Um, so I'd be up for that uh, because... I'm almost at the end of Valhalla, so uh, I, I need another Assassin's Creed fix. I want a release date for all the champions. I want Riders Republic updates. I want to see some of Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Quarantine. I want to see Rain Far Cry Six gameplay, and I, I, I absolutely do want to see um, Beyond Good and Evil Two in yeah. some way, shape, or form. But I'm not getting my hopes up for that. <laughs> Yeah, what are they going to release this year instead of Assassin's Creed in that window? What do you think? What do you think um, is going to hit that mark? I genuinely don't know. It's probably going to be like a, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I mean, yeah, but they, that's normally like an a nearly year. It's normally like an April May game into that they release that. Yeah, I don't want to wait that it was long. Meant to come it. out. It was meant to come out in February, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's not usually like a usually. A, a an early year game. It's not one that you release at the same time as Call of Duty because, you know, that just just get destroys yeah, yeah. it. Um, they they don't they don't have a, an open world unless you try and ship like shoehorn Riders Republic into that that yeah. mold, but that will die the same way as Steep did. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they're going to unveil one. This this. I mean, maybe maybe it's Beyond Good and Evil too. Maybe. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's the one that they. They put in that window. Yeah. What What have you got your hopes on, Russ? Um. First and foremost, the Division Three. Ooh. Um. I think it's time, <laughs> at least, for an announcement. That was a genuine ooh. That was. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Uh, yeah, I think that's. I think that's going to be. This is what this is happening. Um, I remember them announcing Division 2 and releasing the same year. I don't think Division 3 is going to be this year. I think it'll be next year. But yeah, that's what I think I'm putting my money on. I reckon there'll be another Ghost Recon this year. Um, after the disappointment of Breakpoint, I think they've, they're probably going to bring back something that's far more polished, hopefully. We shall see. Um, Breakpoint is currently £6 in the PSN sale. <laughs> so, you know. It's not had a, a an easy ride that one. Has, has anyone played it aside um, from Paul? I played it. Yeah, I played about. I got about two or three hours into it and played the trial. Didn't is, yeah, game. is it? I played it with my brother co-op. Uh, it's it's fine. It's Ghost Recon. You know, it was nothing more, nothing less. It wasn't a revolution. I, I didn't play. I didn't play the original ones. You know, the Ghost, the one beforehand, Wildlands. That's the one. Mm. So I don't know whether, like, I've been on the bubble about buying that game a couple of times. Um, Wildlands was fun, but it's it's like unless you had a co-op buddy and stuff, it got boring. It was very very similar, like the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, but then Breakpoint was just such like they'd broken all the systems. They they just 
just wrecked everything that was still good in Wildlands. So yeah, we we yeah. stopped playing. Me and my brother were playing at co-op, and we just stopped. Just gave yeah, up. Okay. Paul and I played Wildlands for a bit, and then the division came out, and so we all just played that instead. Um, <laughs> so themselves in the foot that one. Themselves over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Division 3 would be nice. I'd like to see a, a release date for Far Cry 6 because uh, I love the Far Cry series and I'm looking forward to that more than anything else that they have on their books at the moment. Um, I think I still haven't seen any of the um, Aiden Pierce Watch Dogs Legion content. I'd like to see some of that. Uh, I think that's probably a, a guarantee. I think Brawlhalla. Brawlhalla's done really well, especially on mobile. It's fucking huge on mobile. So I reckon there'll be another Brawlhalla, maybe Brawlhalla 2. Um, if I'm talking wish list, I want to see Child of Light 2 more than anything else. Um, that's the thing I want to see because I love Child of Light uh, to my bones. So I'd like to see that. Um, I reckon there'll be another Rabbids, probably Mario and Rabbids 2 for the Switch. I think that might be a possibility. And yeah, Rainbow Six Quarantine or whatever it is that they've called it now. I can't remember. But they did change the name, didn't they? Because of, you know, gestures at everything outside so yeah i think it's going to be a packed show but i think there will be some new announcements in there and hopefully the division three and division three will be ps5 xbox series x exclusive i think ubisoft do like releasing their stuff on everything so maybe not but i'd like to see a division three made especially for the next gen because yeah i think it will look awesome what do you rename oh uh, I've always wanted Division in London, but the problem is they've just come off Watch Dogs, and so I don't think it's going to be in London. Yeah, but they did Assassin's Creed in London the same year, so I shouldn't worry. The same but year? Syndicate's years old now. Watch Dogs Legion came yeah. out last year. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Valhalla has in- is England. It's not just Oh, yeah, London. but it's not. It's a little bit of London. It's not it's, a, it's it's not a fully built-up city, is it? Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> nah. It's barely a settlement. <laughs> It's probably called London. London. (laughs) (laughs) Also, um, Rainbow Six was renamed Parasite. That's the one. Thank you, Toby. Uh, Yeah, I think that's. I think that's a guarantee. But uh, yeah, give me Child of Light two. Give me Far Cry six release date, and I'll be happy. And maybe Division three as well. I think that will be announced. I think we'll see a a stupid dumbass CGI trailer, and the Division Wings logo will pop up, and it will say three, and it will be like coming soon, and that'll be it. Should be question time. This is way too early to see anything of the Star Wars game, is it not? Yes, I'd imagine so. Okay, we could get an announcement of the name, maybe. Okay, it's it's just I've 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 watched, I've seen a couple of lists of of people already going. Yeah, we're gonna definitely gonna see gameplay of the new Star Wars game from Ubisoft, and I'm thinking that was announced like six months ago. There is no way we're gonna see gameplay. Yeah, if you want really janky alpha gameplay. And yeah, Ubisoft literally said, <laughs> Ubisoft literally said, we are in the very early stages of this. So don't expect anything for a while. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Great. Thanks. I, we're all on the same page there. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The following E3 seems a bit premature, but uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe you might even get fucking Starlink back. Who knows? No, we're not going to get Starlink back. That's not going to happen again. Unfortunately. Uh, right then, let's move on to our final topic. We are flying through these tonight. Um, Days Gone has been the topic of conversation uh, for the last week or so in regards to what we talked about last week and Days Gone 2 being cancelled 
And this week, in an interview on David Jaffe's YouTube channel, um, the writer and creative director of Days Gone, John Garvin, said that players shouldn't complain if a game doesn't get a sequel if they didn't buy it at full fucking price. And that's what he said out loud to all the listeners. Um, Garvin said, and I quote, I'm reading from Eurogamer, I do have an opinion on something that your audience may find of interest and it might piss some people off. If you love a game, buy it at full fucking price. I can't tell you how many times I've seen gamers say, yeah, I got that on sale, I got it through PS Plus, whatever. Don't complain if a game doesn't get a sequel if it wasn't supported at launch. It's like God of War got whatever number of millions sold at launch and, you know, Days Gone didn't. Just speaking for me personally as a developer, I don't work for Sony. I don't know what the numbers are. Um, it goes on. It's a very interesting read and the, the, uh, the podcast itself is quite interesting. Um, but those are just kind of the, uh, the highlights of what he was discussing. And it got me thinking about, well, buying games day one sometimes bites you in the ass. And we've seen that with Outriders. We've seen it with Days Gone. It was not a perfect game at launch. And of course, we saw it with Cyberpunk 2077. So the question I'm sort of posing to you guys in regards to those comments and Days Gone in particular, should we wait to buy games and not buy them on day one purely because we want to play them? Uh, Sean Davies. Okay. I'm going to try and keep this sweet because um, this is all endemic of a, of a fucked up situation in gaming right now where um, the people who are writing the checks to make the games um, will only write the checks for games that they think will make money. You know, no one, no developers out there, no publishers out there going, do you know what? I really want to lose money. Apart from maybe EA, who are doing kind of goodwill projects with Hazelight and other indie developers through their EA Originals program. No, no other publishers going out there going, I want to lose money. Now, that being said, it's difficult for any any customer to go, I want to buy this game um, before they've played the game. You can't buy a game you love at full price um, without knowing that you love it because that's an impossibility. You can't say that you love a game before you've tried it, at which point you've already bought it. So the, the statement that he, he made was a bad one. He made it in a very bad way, but he, he is hinting at a, a situation which exists at most publishers that if, you, if your game doesn't make a lot of money, it doesn't break records, doesn't make waves, doesn't you know, break onto the front page of you know, games websites for days on end, then you're not going to get a sequel. And the, the situation with Days Gone was the fact that it came out and I'm going to say something rather controversial right now. There are a number of critics that published their reviews based on half of the game. And there is a change halfway through Days Gone where the game becomes something else, where it becomes a bit more interesting. Of course, you have to play half the game to get to that point for it to become more interesting, which is the fault of the game. Um, and a critic should only be asked to play as much time as they, as they think they need to in order to form a judgment. In this instance, some of them did too early. You know, there were a couple of YouTubers that have, have, have more, more quite recently published new videos to say, hey, I was wrong about Days Gone, and that's okay. These reviews all <laughs> did affect the, the fortunes of Days Gone. And this is the way it should be. But a lot of people um, 
didn't read the right reviews, didn't know that this was a game that they might be interested in. Um, and we, we, are, we are in a situation now where um, developers are making a game that's been greenlit and they hope will sell. But if it doesn't, they aren't getting a sequel. And this is what the, the point that he's trying to make. You can't expect sequels to be made for games that didn't sell. And Days Gone sold, I think it was like 100,000 in the US in its first week, compared to God of War, which sold 3.3 million, and Spider-Man, which sold close to 4 million in its first week on sale. You know, eventually, Days Gone did, did make a lot of money. <clears throat> but not immediately. And it's, it's a shame, uh, but that's the situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think looking at Days Gone, yeah, it did, didn't review as well as a God of War or a Horizon. But it wasn't as good as them. Is that fair to say? I mean, can you really compare the two in terms of like comparing Days Gone and God of War? It's, they're, both, they're both very different games. Days Gone is a new IP. God of War is a very well-established IP by the time it came out. Um, this is this is what I was going to say. It's, it's the IP is the difference in his example, isn't it? Because yeah. one is a brand new thing you don't know. You're spending seventy quid on, you know, something you don't know about. Whereas God of War has already had what seven iterations by that point, if you count PSP ones and everything as well. So yeah. it's got pedigree. You know what you're getting. But but the scene could be said about Horizon, which a new IP compared to a new IP. One of them blew the doors off, broke records. Another one kind of struggled to, to get out of the gates, eventually made its own money back. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just um, his example was God of War, that's all. But yeah. Oh yeah, his, 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 his example was terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. He's trying to make a good point that people can't now moan about not getting a sequel to a game that they got part of a, a subscription service that didn't get supported for three years. Yeah. You know, it, it's... People are now going, this game's great, but it's way too past the point of where this can happen now. And Sony are writing the checks for these sequels. If you go by the rumors that exist right now, the Days Gone sequel was pitched in 2019. We're two years past that point now. You know, it was turned down in 2019. That's, you know, that wasn't mm. long after the game had come out. So, yeah. And the numbers obviously weren't high enough for that point. Exactly. You know, it, it, he's making a very valid point that, you know, if, if, if the next Assassin's Creed comes out and no one buys it, Ubisoft aren't going to be rushing out to make another. You know, if, if the next FIFA comes out and no one buys it, there'll be a Super Europe League game instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Toby, did you want to throw your pad into the... Really? I don't know. Uh, Toby, what do you think? <laughs> um, I mean, if, if it's something that you know, then I agree with supporting publishers and um, developers day one. So I often make a point to buy particular obscure RPGs, right? Especially if, if there's ports or re-releases of Square Enix games. I think um, me and Greg were just discussing Saga Frontier before we came on air. That re-release I want to buy a physical copy of because I want to support Square Enix primarily. I want them to get the message that I want more ports and re-releases, please. Um, so, but at the same time, you know, I don't do that with everything. I, I certainly don't do that with the vast majority of big AAA games. Um, 
but I did do it with Days Gone, which is weird. So um, I remember buying that one, you know, within the first week or two and playing it at the same time as everyone was playing it who did buy it. Um, but then, you know, I got the Platinum and I moved on. There are lots of other games that I sleep on. Usually it's because, you know, it doesn't, I won't, it won't matter whether I buy it day one or not, you know, if if you're not completely blown away by something like I was blown away by horizon. If you, if Sean's example with horizon, I was just like, that is the most imaginative, most new thing I've seen in years. Whereas days gone was another zombie game. You know, it didn't have enough to say how different it was. And when I played it, it was different. You know, it was a motorcycle sort of, you know, open world exploration thing at the same time. It was, it, it was interesting. It was different, but it just didn't have that, that pull that, Ghost of Tsushima or, or Horizon um, has had in, in the past. Um, you know, in the, even in the last few months, I've slept on Hitman 3. Um, you know, I really want to play Hitman, but I haven't bought it yet. So I'm really behind. And that means that you know, it makes little sense to buy things full price if you're just going to sit on them for months on end. We might as well just wait um, and then get, get something when it has gone down in price. And you can understand why anyone would do that. But then you get to the point where I, you know, I really can't argue when something that I didn't support then can't get a sequel. I really get that argument that he's making. Um, it, it makes perfect sense that if it wasn't supported before 2019, that was the point where they were able to, you know, pitch this sequel. Um, it's a rare game that you know it's three or four years on before you know they actually pitch the sequel. It's a slow, it's a really slow burner that that happens with. And though I suppose Days Gone in sales is a bit like that, um, it's a big studio that was ready to go with the next one. There wasn't the sales. It was expected to do something different. Um, whereas some things that are you know, much less expecting to do that, like, like say Nier Automata was not expected to go completely nuts. Um, and that one sold, you know, 5 million copies or whatever ridiculous amount that it sold. No, it can't be that. That must be a different game I'm thinking of. It sold, it sold a, a few million there. Um, I think I agree as well with the review scores bit that in a way that thing, I think Days Gone had like three out of 10 in some places and then 10 out of 10 in other places. It's one of those types of games that really skewed all over the place with its reviews. Um, and when you get, when you see something that uneven, you know, you don't want to take a chance on it being shit when you pen, when you spend your money on day one. So, you know, when Horizon comes out, it got pretty universally, you know, eights and above. It's it's hard to compare the two. I think when he compares it to God of War, he's completely out of out of the water with that one. But with Sean's examples of like Ghost of Tsushima and Horizon, it's it's comparable because they're new IPs, but they're not comparable because they were, you know, just so completely different and so completely so much more interesting and so much more new and you know, they just hit that zeitgeist of what people are interested in. Um, they, they they weren't that new though, were they? And I mean, visually, uh, Ghost of Tsushima is different, and to navigate following the wind is unique. But the rest of the game is it's a bit of Sekiro. It's a I think we of... hadn't had a samurai game that was open world. Like it was just samurais. That was what everyone was going. Ah, oh, this is going to be amazing. Yeah, that that was the Assassin's Creed Japan game that exactly that never got made. Yeah, um, I'd also just throw in very quickly. Uh, if Greg was here, he'd say, "Why don't they just stop making Days Gone anyway and go off and make a new Siphon Filter?" <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it is that's surprising Sony that, that Sony uh, haven't told them to do that. And instead, they were kind of forced well, to they've been working on remaster. Oh, well, they've been working on something. Mm. Well, there was a, they, apparently, they, there was a, an Uncharted game being made at Sony Red as well. Ah, okay. uh, so there was both an, a, and this is why I think the Naughty Dog North uh, thing came about, because it was both a Last of Us port and a Uncharted game. So, you know, you can understand where that nickname came from, if yeah. that was the case. Yeah, that makes sense. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, I remember I, I got Days Gone Day One. Um, that was hard to say. Purely on my faith that it was a a Sony AAA IP. You know, the the quality at that point had been so good that you know Days Gone wasn't getting great reviews or wasn't being shouted from the rooftops like God of War and Horizon was. But you know, I had faith in Sony's commitment to the quality of their single player, you know, adventure games that they've been dropping out. And yeah, it didn't keep my interest. It didn't grab me or keep my attention in any way like the same way that Horizon did. Like I was like when I wasn't playing Horizon, I was itching to get back to it because I was having such a great time. And that just wasn't the case with Days Gone. It just felt it felt generic. It felt like a game that wasn't as good as what Sony had been putting out before. And if you can put it into that regard, it's like, well, it's it didn't sell as well because it isn't as good. And I think that's about as simple as it can get, for me anyway. And, you know, the hype surrounding it wasn't massive. It was like, okay, Sony Ben's game is coming out. That's going to be great. But it wasn't great. It was It was good. It was fine. You know, it looked lovely and it looks terrific on the PS5. I remember jumping back into it to check out the 60 frames update and it's really nice. But it's still the same game, and it didn't do anything for me in any way like the same way that Horizon did, because Horizon was just, like Toby said, it was completely unique and completely fascinating. And it's you know, the, the Horizon sequel is my most anticipated game this year. Fingers crossed it comes out this year. But you know, can it be that simple? Can it be just, you know, it wasn't supported because it simply wasn't as good as everything else that Sony was putting out. And the bar was already so high, you know, and Spidey was so close, was coming up right behind it. No. Okay. And, and, and I, I, see, I know I, I could see, I see the point, right? But I think that Days Gone is, is better than a, a handful of games that sold better than it that year. Um, partly because they were multi-platform, but also I think <clears throat> it got short shrift when it released, I think there was, I think some critics never give it a, a fair chance. I think there was a couple of nasty bugs that did, that went viral. Um, and it, it felt like that this game got run, run over when people were pointing out the great things about the game, you know, the, like the world exploration, the way the Deacon, it's like an exploration game half the time where you're basically having a conversation with yourself, kind of Lara Croftish, but, you know, it, the way that you get through the world feels very good. And there have been a ton of really great um, video essays on how good the traversal is and how good it makes you feel as part of the world um, since it, the game released. I just think it, at the time, I think, you know, there were a couple of really high profile reviews that did it dirty. Um, 
and and I don't think it ever recovered. And you know, there, there are games that like that. You know, you look at Avengers. Avengers is so much more a much, a much better game than it was when it released. Now, uh, it's still not perfect, but it's still considered the, like at the butt of every joke. So, it's just the gaming industry zeitgeist, isn't it? You know, it's just one of those the victims of the the general populace all getting into this mob and finding everyone laughing at a gif about a zombie trying to get you on top of a bin or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there were there were cool moments in Days Gone for sure, but you know, it just in my opinion, it wasn't as good as Horizon. You don't and... even like God of War, do you? No, not really. Well, there you go then. That's, yeah, but that's a <laughs> that's a completely different conversation. Um, that's that's absolutely my problem, and not the game. I'm fully aware of how excellent it is. I just can't. I just cannot get into it. I don't know why. But yeah, <laughs> moving I on. Can't, I can't wait for the hate mail. This this podcast gets. <laughs> Yeah, do you think do you think M4G will accept this one? <laughs> not a chance. Oh, next week's pro- next week's topic: Why does Roscoe not like God of War? <laughs> oh God, uh, that will cancel the podcast forever. Uh, right then. Anyway, let's get into the indie corner. Okay, uh, indie corner. There's three games that I want to talk about this week. First is called The Forgotten City, um, from modern storyteller and the Villagers. It is a mature narrative game uh, where you play as a time traveling explorer who's drawn 2,000 years into the past to a secret underground city during the Roman Empire. In this underground utopia, there are 23 people who are trapped in a, a, a loop and they have to obey the golden rule, basically don't sin. But if they break that rule, all 23 of them turn to gold. They're all dead. So this game is like a loop game where you go down, you explore this city, you meet all 23 of these people, and you try to stop the loop ending with you all turning into gold. So on the first loop, you'll learn something and then you'll put that action, uh, you'll put that knowledge into action on the next loop and see what happens next and next until you can try and, and, and sub, like make every t- all, all of these people survive. It's got a very cool art style. It, it was originally a mod for another game um, that I've never heard of, um, but it, it looks very, very interesting. And uh, I want you to give that a look. It's called The Forgotten City. So the second game is called Horatio Goes Snowboarding by Infinite State. So we've had the Infinite State guys on this podcast before. They are a pair of really cool dudes. Uh, they make cool arcade games that all have very slick gameplay and awesome soundtracks. Um, this game is a modern day uh, reimagining of something goes skiing. <laughs> I don't want to say Horace. I'm going to say Harris now because the guy who owns the Harris IP might cancel this podcast. <laughs> um, he's very protective of his IP. But this game is a modern day reimagining of the old Select Spectrum classic horoscope skiing. Um, if you ever, if if you want to play the game, uh, it's free to play on Steam right now. You know the access, um, so you can go and get it, download it, give it a try, give some feedback to the developers to help them make it better. Um, if you've ever played Don't Die, Mr. Robot, or Family Tree, or Rogue Aces, you'll know these guys make really great games. So just go and give it a look. It's called Horatio Goes Snowboarding. And finally, um, do not buy this game. That's the name of the game, and it's from developers called Kingblade Games. So this is a comedy game uh, that looks kind of a mix between Stanley Parable and um, some kind of self-aware narrative game. 
Uh, you basically play as a game, a, a guy going through a game while the game is being developed around you because the developer forgot to build it. Uh, it's weird and it's it's a cool concept and it'll be part of the Ludo Narracon on Steam um, from the April 23rd to April 26th. There's going to be lots of cool games as part of that Ludo Narracon. Um, so go and check that out. I think there's like 20 playable demos all very cool narrative games. So yeah, that's worth a look. All right. Thank you, Sean. Now let's go to out this week with Mr. Toby Anderson. Thank you very much. Uh, so starting with April 20th, um, MLB The Show 21 is coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. Uh, I think it's already out on the other on the other consoles. I think it la- uh, launches on the same day. No, everywhere. It launches on everything all at once. There we go. Um, so yeah, MLB The Show 21 is coming out PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. Um, and it's on Game Pass as well, the weird one that we discussed the other week that is Sony made and comes, to, it's all Sony owned and comes to uh, Xbox Game Pass. Uh, April 22nd then sees the release of MotoGP 21 um, on uh, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. Uh, Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion uh, is coming to PC and Switch. That has to be the best title um, of any game that I'm going to announce this time around. Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. Uh, also on April 22nd, World Splitter, which is a platformer coming to PC and PS4. Um, Shantae, the original Shantae game, is being released on Switch on April 22nd as well. Um, oh, there's loads of games actually on April 22nd. Um, Scourgebringer is coming to PS4 and PS Vita. Uh, now that the Vita store is back up and running. Um, there's a collection of the Atelier series, um, Atelier Mysterious Dungeon Deluxe, uh, which includes three of the previous Atelier games, if you're into those. Uh, World End Economica Complete is coming to Switch, um, but don't ask me what it's about. Uh, and then on April 23rd, we've got the Skylia Prophecy coming to PS4 and Xbox One and Steam. Uh, I think Greg uh, might be reviewing that one, not sure. Um, we've also got Nia Replicant, which is the remake of the, uh, or remake, remaster, etc., of the uh, game that came out in 2010. Uh, that was the first Nia game, which was from the Dragon Guard series, um, and then spawned Nia Automata. So they've gone backwards in time and make that one. That's coming to PC and PS4. Uh, Moon Raider is coming to Switch and Xbox One. Uh, and is it Yakuza? It's spin off called Judgment. Um, the uh, the remaster version of that, or the the upgrade version of that, is coming to PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X uh, as well on on April twenty third, and that's my lot. All right, nice one. Not a bad week, a packed week actually. I will be getting near replicant. Of course. Yes, you can talk all about it next week. Cool. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you do want to follow us, you can do. Please go to the link tree in the description below and find us absolutely everywhere. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that as well. Our individual handles are in the description below. Now, including Toby Anderson, woo-hoo, who's finally on Twitter. No longer smart. Mm. Yeah, never Sad. mind. Never mind. But he's there, and you'll find his his uh, his handle now in the description below. If you do want to follow his sexy, sexy voice. God, so much Toby sexiness going on. People love him. It's amazing. We'll see you next week on the Thinking Girls podcast. Until then, it's goodbye from Toby Anderson. Sayonara.
Wow, that was deep and sexy. I like that. (laughs) Sayonara, baby. Sayonara, baby. Yeah. No, I don't think it worked. I don't think it worked. If you ever kill someone in real life, can you say that just before you do it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I will. (laughs) And please film yourself doing it. Make it a TikTok. It'll be fun. (laughs) And uh, goodbye from Sean Davies. Doodles. I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast. (laughs) Thank you.